Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, this is Justin Williams with the Wolfpacker podcast. I'm joined today, as always, by editor of thewolfpacker.com, fellow co-host Matt Carter. He is uh, filled in for me the past two episodes of the Wolfpacker podcast, doing a nice job, may I say? No, it's really. I'm, I don't want to do it, man. It's, it's starting hard... to it's starting to roll off the tongue a little bit more naturally uh, as you all. as you get some more reps. I was listening to some of the ad reads, and full disclosure, we don't have a printed script or anything. You know, it's just kind of a a routine at this point. The the reminders for the loyal listeners and viewers at home. And I guess that's a good segue into doing exactly that. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google Play. We're also on YouTube, where you should subscribe to our YouTube channel, give this video a thumbs up, and drop a comment while you're at it. Head over to thewolfpacker.com, take advantage of a special deal. For just $10, you can get premium subscription to thewolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network through the beginning of next college football season. So that's going to take you through the end of August 2023. A lot of great premium content coming your way. Uh, just getting kicked off with basketball season. We're wrapping up football season here, which is going to be the main topic of this podcast. There's going to be a lot in the world of recruiting. We've got spring sports, all kinds of good stuff uh, in the interim. So take advantage of that deal for just 10 bucks. We've got the holidays coming up. We're recording this podcast the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Um, so, you know, Black Friday's coming up, Cyber Monday's coming up. This is our deal. This is our Black Friday deal. So uh, go over to thewolfpacker.com, take advantage of that deal. Ten bucks takes you through the beginning of co- next college football season. Great stocking stuffer for the Wolfpack fan in your life. Um, last but not least, head over to therogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com, rogueshop.com. Speaking of stocking stuffers, you can get some great premium CBD and Delta 8 products for yourself or your loved ones, whichever. It's the holiday season, all about giving right now. So some great natural products to help you out if you ever suffer from any type of anxiety and stress, trouble sleeping at night, chronic pain, inflammation. Uh, these are some great products to uh, to help with some of those things in a natural way. They've got uh great stuff. They've got uh, cannabis itself. They've got cartridges. They've got oils, tinctures, uh, edibles, lotions, all kinds of great products. So head over to rogueshop.com, husband and wife, small, uh, husband and wife owned business, small business. And uh, the husband is a disabled veteran that was turned on to some of these products because he suffered from chronic pain and anxiety, uh, some, some stress, trouble sleeping at night, and uh, was was so enlightened by these natural products that he wanted to create the business and share it with with you. So uh, head over to rogueshop.com is the holiday season. So uh, there's there's your to do list. Wolfpacker.com. Take advantage of the special deal and head over to rogueshop.com. Proud supporters of the Wolfpacker podcast. All right, Matt, this is a football centric podcast. Basketball fresh on the mind since NC State just played Kansas this morning in the battle for Atlantis. 
We may have time to get to that at the end, or we may just save it for the end of that tournament. We'll see how uh, how well this podcast flows here. But UNC week, um, I don't have to explain the motivation this week or the reason to watch this week. Doesn't matter what the records are. Either way, you want to see the the guys in the red and white beat the guys in the uh, the light blue in Chapel Hill. And we'll get into the preview of that game. I missed the uh, post-game reflections from this past weekend, NC State at Louisville. Uh, shout out to Ethan McDowell for stepping in and Matt Carter, as I said earlier in the podcast, filling in as the host. Well done. I listened, listened to you gentlemen earlier this week. Uh, schedules didn't match up again. I, you know, I might, I might start getting some hate mail, Matt, because I feel like I'm, I've missed the last two post-game reflections podcasts and it's just, it seems well, to be we're, coincidental. We're What's that? We just get oh, Boston College entirely. I'll say that was like I, I kind of place a little blame on you there because you you were the one that made the executive decision to say, hey, <laughs> maybe we'll just save it. But you were playing a golf tournament. I didn't want to ruin your fun. And, and well, uh, I certainly wasn't going to let NC State football ruin the fun. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, we're here. Uh, was it, it was able to uh, catch up on the NC State Louisville game. Uh, glad I did not watch it live, to be honest. Watched the condensed game. Had other responsibilities to tend to on Saturday. But uh, seemed like there was a lot of ugly football, Matt. Um, any, any new developments? I mean, it seemed like the core takeaway that you and Ethan shared in the Post Game Reflections podcast was – Basically, that was kind of to be expected based on how many injuries this NC State team had suffered. And considering the context going into the game, looks like the defense held on as long as it could, did everything you could possibly ask it to do. The offense pretty much lived up to expectations. And that's kind of what happens when you're down to your fourth string quarterback or going to Ben Finley, who was the fourth string quarterback going into the season at the beginning of the year. So kind of kind of the same thoughts on the game as you had on, on Sunday? Yeah, you know, from talking to people this week, probably didn't have an appreciation for the weather and probably should mention that a little bit. And I didn't, you know, it looked cold. It looked miserable. You know, but from talking to some veteran reporters who were at the game and talking to some other people who were at the game, it's about as cold as a football game as you're going to get. It's kind of surprising, but, you know, you're talking Louisville, Kentucky, that's, that's a little bit north, right? But it's not exactly in Chicago or or in the Rocky Mountains or, or you know, Minnesota or something like that. But, um, you know, from what I gather with the wind in particular, it was a pretty persistent wind that was, you know, in, in the double-digit miles per hour. Temperatures were in the 30s. Um, it really was a miserably cold day. And it made you appreciate maybe why they might look – both teams, I thought, looked at the steps flow and you appreciate why that was the case. And I guess in, knowing that in hindsight, you know, Dave Dorn said Monday he would have gone for it again on fourth and one. It really was fourth and inches at their own 45-yard line down 16 to 10. And I totally get it. I'm just 50-50 about it. I, I completely – I'm like, I'm not criticizing the decision to go for it, but you did have the wind to your back, and you're at your own 45-yard line, and Caden Noonkester has been punting pretty well since he's been elevated 
could have started well. Yeah, the defense, I think, had only given up one drive at that point that had started on the Louisville side of the football field that resulted in points, and that was because of like 30 yards of penalties in that drive. So I would have had faith in the defense, you know, I don't know. It seemed to me like that might have been a spot to play for the field position there. If your offense was showing a little bit of life, um, why risk not getting it, turning over a short field to Louisville, and, let, and they might potentially put the game in their two-possession game, which they did. Um, but I also completely 1,000% understand why Dave Dorn went for it. I think a lot of coaches would have. I'm not criticizing the decision. I'm just saying that was a that's just a tough call to make right there. And well, I, I, feel, thought, I feel for Dorn in that spot because a lot of the criticism early on in the season has been that this team, you know, coaching wise has just been too conservative with some of the decision making. But at the same time, it's like now that the context of the season has played out the way it is, you clearly have identified that defense is your strength. You're not going to be able to get much from your offense and you kind of have to adjust accordingly to play to your strengths. Yeah. Yeah, it's a tough call. And I don't mind the play call, tossing it out to the outside to Michael Allen. You know, it was it was almost that. Dorn said Monday, and somebody else was, said, I think, that, uh, you know, if, if, if Allen gets through, it's a big gain. Like, and with his speed, it may have been a really big game-changing game. Um, and then there was the kickoff return. You can't give up that kickoff return. The guy mishandled the kick. That's when we got to get him inside that no worse than the 20 yard line, probably inside the 15 or 10 yard line. And you end up giving up a touchdown. And that was kind of a backbreaker. You know, it, it says something that interstate we're down all these players on the road. And it really was just a couple plays go the other way. They probably had the lead in the fourth quarter, you know. And, and yes, Louisville was down Malik Cunningham. So that's a huge, huge, huge deal. So don't get me wrong. But, um, so it says something, so, you know, it, it, but I'm also glad to move on. Like, let's get back to rivalry week, right? Well, let's just say, let's just say that game did not, uh, did not deliver the way maybe we had anticipated at the beginning of the year. Now to, uh, to you and Ethan's credit, you both pointed out that Louisville game as being a, a trippy or a, you know, a tricky spot along the way, looking ahead earlier on in the season, but we expected a Devin Leary, Malik Cunningham showdown at this point in the season. No one would have predicted it would have been uh, Ben Finley versus, well, Jack Chambers, then Ben Finley uh, versus Black Doman. Thank you. I can't, <laughs> can't, can't say I knew uh, Louisville's backup off the top of my head. Uh, yeah. But anyways, that one. Yeah, appreciate appreciate it. I, I've I've helped you out a time or two. It, yeah, you know, oh, no. hey, it take it takes a village. It takes. Yeah, a village. every time we play Clemson, I have to rely on you exclusively to get that uh, to get DJ's name out. So. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, here here's a segue for you, Matt. Uh, for those of you watching on YouTube, you could probably notice that we're using a new podcast recording software here, and I'm noticing at least on the screen that I see, Matt. Says the Wolfpacker podcast UNC preview at the bottom. It's a blue background though. That that doesn't seem doesn't seem right. I mean, can we 
can we change yeah. that? I don't want to, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but I just want to address maybe an elephant in the room for those of you that have been watching this on YouTube for over 11 and a half minutes thinking you're going to get some NC state analysis on the uh, Wolfpack Tar Heels game coming up. And, and you're seeing blue, blue background for the white font at the bottom of the screen. What's up with that? That's uh, me being technologically unadvanced. Is that a word? I don't know if unadvanced is a word, but no. that, that, that's the explanation. So this is the new, uh, the great folks at On3 have got this new streaming service, which is really pretty freaking cool, by the way. But it seems really, it seems really running smooth yeah. so far. Yeah, I just haven't figured out the whole button thing, banner thing at the bottom. So I will get that figured out. If NC State, um, Beat North Carolina on Friday. I will make a promise to have that in red. We'll have to light it, light it red. Light it red. Maybe I'll make the background. Okay. Uh, Well. uh, Okay. The game on uh, Friday, Black Friday. Let's see. Kickoff. We're gonna. It'll be a mid-afternoon kickoff for me. Mid or excuse me. Yeah, twelve thirty my time, three thirty Eastern time. More importantly, to most of the listeners out there. Uh, Keenan Stadium. Uh, UNC's coming. Uh, look, this is this game could have had a lot riding on it <laughs> three weeks ago. Right now, does it? Doesn't seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. now. Um, there's always pride on, at hand. Uh, NC State. This would be a huge boost. In a, in a nice nice way to leave a sweeter taste in your mouth after what has been a disappointing season. I mean, there's no way around looking at – I mean, no, no matter what, if NC State beats UNC and wins its bowl game, I still think it's going to be looked at as a disappointing season, but with the asterisk that we can still commend the effort for the, at the end of the season for you know still finding a way to theoretically at that point be 9-4 and four you know, considering all of the injuries and everything for UNC, this is all about pride too, because obviously they have a terrible taste in their mouth based on what happened in Carter Finley stadium last year um, for in-state recruiting purposes for, for uh, you know, bragging rights purposes. This is an important game for them and their fan base. Um, I think, you know, no matter how much the UNC fan base wants to belittle the NC State UNC rivalry and say, oh, we're more focused on Duke in football. NC yeah. State UNC is by far the rivalry. Um and I don't I don't think I don't think anybody on either side would deny that. Now for UNC big picture wise, I don't really think this changes their trajectory of their season either because they could theoretically lose this game, but if they go down to Charlotte and beat Clemson for the ACC championship, still a very successful season for them. And it would be bittersweet to see from, from an NC state fans perspective as you know, NC state being the team going into this year, potentially as the sleeper dark horse, you know, maybe it was their time to win the ACC championship would be uh, not great. If UNC was the team that ended up on top of the league after all it's said and done, but um, the spread is uh, UNC minus seven, Matt. I mean, do you see that as a fair spread? UNC coming into this game, coming off a terrible loss to Georgia Tech, too. So could have yeah. could have been a huge could have been a lot bigger of a game for UNC. Yeah, you know, on paper, this is not a great matchup. 
So I'm probably a little bit surprised by the spread a little bit because um, what UNC does well on offense, like I, I, let me say this, UNC's had a nice season. It's not as good a team as a nine and two record would indicate. And they could go out and spank NC State. I still don't think it's a team as good as a nine and two record indicates. And I wrote a, a scout in North Carolina column. I noted how they had, a, I believe it was either fifth or sixth weakest schedule among Power 5 teams in the Sagarin ratings. I just use Sagarin ratings at the strength of schedule. Um, it, you know, the count noted aim, that's 65 teams. So they were like 60 or 59th on strength of schedule. I only bring that up because they are 6-1 and one in one-possessing game outcomes. 6-1. And, and very unusual. I think it feels still like to use a stat where the the – Biggest turnarounds usually have a correlation with the teams that have lopsided results one way or the other on close games because you kind of have a reverse to norm, kind of a return to norm. The teams that sometimes have the biggest drops in win-loss records, a lot of times those are the teams that had ridiculous win-loss records in close games. And that's conversely, sometimes UNC is a good example a few years ago. Remember Larry Fedora's last year? You were at his last game, Justin, in Chapel Hill. Uh, Reggie Gillespie put on a show. If I'm right, you were at that game, right? I was, I was indeed. Yeah. That was a UNC team that had an awful record in close games. And the next year, they had a winning record. They, I think they went from 3-8 and eight to 7-6. and six. Mac Brown's first year. Mac Brown's first year. And a lot of that could have just simply been a, a, a back to the law of averages on close games. Just by average, you should win about half the close games. You should lose about half the close games. So this is a UNC team that has done exceedingly well in close games against a weak schedule. And they do give up a lot of yards on defense. They don't pressure the quarterback. They don't get a lot of tackles for loss. They don't run the football particularly well. They're terrible at protecting the quarterback. But they do one thing, and they do it at an elite level well, and that is throw the football. And that's because they have an NFL-caliber quarterback, a guy I think could be the number one pick in next year's NFL draft. They have a high NFL draft pick at receiver probably this April. Um, They have another receiver that's really stepped up and had a big year, and they got some nice tight ends. Some of those might be NFL guys. And if you looked at the offenses that have moved the football against NC State, they tend to, A, have a mobile quarterback, which Drake May is, and he leads UNC in rushing. And, B, they tend to throw the football. Wake Forest had almost 400 yards throwing. Uh, how did BC beat NC State? Throwing the football. They ran for zero yards in that game. How was Virginia Tech a close game? The dude hit an 85-yard touchdown pass on NC State. Um, so that's why it's a top – and I only bring that up because that, that means you can't rely on the defense probably holding UNC down to 10 points for some number like that. I mean, we're – so they're probably going to get to the 20s and can't – where could NC State possibly get – they've only scored 30 points once all season against a Power 5 team. And heck, you can throw East Carolina in there. Their offense only accounted for 14 points against ECU. So, and that's why it, it seems like a tough matchup on paper to me. I was a little surprised 
at six and a half, seven points. But I think part of that is a reflection of Vegas hasn't really had a whole lot of respect for North Carolina this year. I think they think North Carolina is kind of a product of, you know, by and large, they've been very healthy this year. The, the trips have fallen their way. The breaks have gone their way. They played a weak schedule. They play in a terrible division. Yeah. Yeah, the late flags have gone their way. The balls have bounced their way um, until Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech was probably the first time where it did not bounce their way, and they would do for that. Uh, but I also think Georgia Tech did give a blueprint for how to potentially contain the offense a little bit with a little bit of luck on the side. Well, it, I mean, I think a lot of it's going to depend on how fired up this UNC team comes out, you know, are they going to come out a little bit flat coming off of a discouraging loss like that? I mean, kind of, I don't think NC state came out flat against Louisville, especially not on the defensive end, but I don't think it helped that NC state went into that game without, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel like there was a lot of weight into that game. It didn't, it didn't feel like what's that. I was going to tell you, remember how last week played out? And I think probably didn't get enough credit to that, too. We probably should have mentioned that. They play Boston College. They played a terrible game. They lose it. Reality is it should have been a win. And the fact that Dave Dorn used the expression probably three or four times, we were robbed on that pass interference flag. And there was no statement from the ACC that he was fined or punished for any of that. Leads me to believe the ACC probably told Dave Dorn, you were robbed. Sorry about that. You were robbed. And if that flag's not thrown, NC State wins the game. And then you go on Monday and uh, Tuesday, whatever, and one of the former players is arrested for stalking and threatening Dave Dorn. So you have a heartbreaking loss, and then you have your head coaches being threatened by a former player on top of what just happened at Virginia. Mm-hmm. With the tragic shootings. At Virginia, who, by the way, one of the young men who um, tragically passed away, uh, Devin Chandler, played at Huff High School near Charlotte and has teammates that are on the NC State roster that he played with. Um, so you have that. Then you're going on the road and you got all these guys getting hurt. Peyton Wilson gets hurt late in the week. So you know you're short-handed and you're going out there and you're freezing your butt off. Tanner Engel says, I can't feel my toes after the game. Um, yeah, it might be, and there's probably a hundred people in the stands. It didn't look like it was exactly a, uh, you know, a hostile environment. Kind of hard to be emotionally up for that game when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, what what you can't, you're not going in that game saying, guys, if we win this, you know, we still got an opportunity to go to the so-and-so bowl. You know, I mean, there's just, there's no... Now this week's different. I feel like this you don't have to sell the team on being fired up to play Carolina and you know the the reverse is probably true in Chapel Hill. I'm sure they're I mean all Mac Brown has to do is play the tape of the last 2 minutes at Carter Friendly Stadium if you know. So I I would expect both squads to be fired up and I'm cautiously optimistic that maybe this game will um deliver a little bit more than I think expectations are going into it. I mean, it's just, it, it, I think it, it just seems flat on, on both ends. I mean, UNC could have been going into this game with a very off chance, a very slim chance, but nonetheless a chance to potentially win two games and sneak into a college football playoff. 
if they had just taken care of business against Georgia Tech. Um, that's certainly out of the equation now for them. And, and you know, same with, you know, I, I think I don't have to explain the situation to NC State fans. So, um, and, and it seems a little bit like Groundhog Day, Matt, because we're, it's another, it's like 2020 all over again. We're going into a game at UNC thinking is, just just figuring out if Ben Finley is going to start this football game at quarterback. Um, The depth chart has MJ Morris. We heard from Ben Finley this week in midweek availability, Matt. I don't, any, any thoughts, any. I mean, I would read the tea leaves there. You know, look, uh, I think there's some gamesmanship going on, but I'd be surprised if it's not Ben Finley. And you know, one thing I love about Ben Finley is that, you know, you can He's a very chill guy. He's really a lot different from Ryan Finley um, in personality. Um, you know, he jokes with the media, um, very lighthearted, takes himself lightly. Uh, but he said once, you know, when he went in there, he just kind of he used the words, I just let it fly. Let it fly is what he said. He said, I didn't want to overthink it. I just wanted to simplify it. And that's probably why you saw, I don't know if the condensed game showed it, Justin, but he got away with about four or five passes that could have been. Oh. <laughs> well, I, you can you can start with the touchdown pass to Michael Allen. Yeah, exactly. He got which, away. I don't know how that, but I mean, it was either pick six or touchdown. Yeah. And so that's kind of his mentality. He's going to go for it and he's going to let his retriever go. But this is a defense where you might be able to do that against, by the way, because they're not very good defensively. Point blank, they're not. Um, so I, I think it'll be Ben friendly. How well he protects the football will be important. You know, it did, it is going to rain Friday, but it looks more and more like that rain will be moving out before game time. So that, that should not be a, a big factor, um, in this game. But yeah, I want to do two games real quick to, to give an example of why you never know what can happen in this rivalry. The year 1999, I don't think Justin Williams has been thought of. Yeah, have you? I was born. I was I was I was definitely born. I uh, was not paying attention to the NC State game because I was uh, two years old. Okay, all right. Um, NC State was six and four. I was a sophomore in college at NC State. God Almighty! And UNC was one and nine. Yeah, one and nine. Won the game, and Carolina had a rash of injuries at quarterback, and they had no choice but to play Antoine Black, a high school quarterback, because he's the best athlete on that high school team. But he starts at safety for UNC and never once played any quarterback while he was at UNC until this game. And Carolina won ten to six in Charlotte. When uh, Chris Coleman got stopped a half yard short of the goal line on a slant pass to end the game. Um, so there's one example. And then for the NC State side, more pleasantly, 10 years later, 2009, four and seven NC State team that just found out Dana Bible has cancer. That weekend before, it had been a miserable year with injuries. It started with Nate Oven being in a car wreck during the offseason and nearly losing his life and being out for the year. And then, uh, yeah, they go to that UNC game. North Carolina is ranked, et cetera. And a sophomore quarterback named Russell Wilson 
and the Wolfpack pulled out a big win over North Carolina in quite a friendly stadium. So, look, you know, just because you, they've been multiple times where just because your chips are down, that doesn't mean in, a, in this rivalry. You don't just look at last year. I mean, just look at last year. State, State had no business winning that game. Yeah. And that would have been an example of where UNC, I mean, going into it, you would have thought NC State was in a good position. UNC had been very disappointing that year. And, yep. Um, so you never know what's going to happen in this game. I think it's probably one of the more underappreciated rivalries. And I'll close on this stop if you, if you want to move on to basketball, Justin. But it does bug me a little bit when UNC, ah, Duke's a real rival. Duke is a basketball rival. And that is the chief rivalry of the area. Nobody can deny that, right? It's one of the top rivalries in all the sports, Duke Carolina basketball. You'd be sticking your head in the sand if you didn't acknowledge that. But North Carolina's main rivals in a lot of other sports is NC State. So, I mean, let's, you know, right now. Football being the top of the list. Football, baseball. Women's, Women's basketball. At this very moment, it's NC State, UNC, and women's basketball, uh, wrestling, you know, a lot of those sports. Swimming. I mean, yeah, Carolina Duke is in soccer and field hockey and, and all that. So it's kind of a split. It just so happens that the number one of all that list is men's basketball. And that happens to be one of the greatest of great rivalries in all of sports. Which, yeah, nobody can, but, but let's not act like NC State's not your. Not right. NC State is your big rivalry. Go to the biggest UNC message board and put uh, a game thread, Duke game thread and NC State game thread on a Saturday when both those teams are playing somebody else and which one will go about 10 pages long and which one will stick on the first page of the thread. Well, my my, advi- my advice for, uh, for NC State fans, just hold on to your butts. Just... It's, <laughs> I mean, look, it, it could be a wild ride to a what could be an awesome victory with Ben Finley chucking it, having the game of his life. Or it could be kind of like 2020, which was not a, <laughs> not not a, a good game. showing. Not a good showing for the Wolfpack. Now, UNC doesn't have Javante Williams and Michael Carter going to be able to run it for what? I think a combined 350 yards in that game, just yeah, themselves. And the NC won't State be like defense. that. Yeah, NC State defense a little better than that defense that was on the field yeah. that day. Yeah. But they got Drake May and they got Josh Downs, a couple guys that are going to be some uh, fantasy football studs here in in the next few years. So um, I do want to I do want to spend a couple minutes on basketball before we close out here, Matt, just because I got. This NC State Kansas game fresh on my mind. Been excited about. I've been I've been pleasantly surprised by mm-hmm. this Wolfpack team early the first few weeks, and we just kept saying we don't know much. We don't know much. Let's wait until at least they play Kansas down in the Bahamas, and NC State's going to get two more opportunities to play quality opponents down in the Bahamas at the Battle for Atlantis to play Dayton tomorrow. Again, we're recording this podcast on Wednesday before Thanksgiving. NC State will play. Dayton on Thanksgiving, and then they'll play uh, somebody else on Friday, the quality opponent. So we'll, we'll learn more about this team. But Matt, you have to be you, you have to be uh, feeling pretty good about this team. You know, didn't 
you lose a game that maybe NC State could have snuck away with one against the number three team in the country, Kansas Jayhawks, and oh, by the way, defending national champions. But uh, an 80-74 to 74 loss, uh, you know, I hate to take a moral victory, but considering this NC State team was in last place at the ACC last year, this is a, a year where you're, you're just – you're hoping for growth and it feels like anything could be an improvement, but you still want to keep expectations in check. So you don't, you know, <laughs> yeah. feel terrible at the end of the season, but, but, but here's what I'm trying to say. NC state looked like it belonged on the court with Kansas, a team we know is, you know, definitely going to be one of the better teams in the big 12, probably the best conference in college basketball. And, a team that just won the national championship and could, you know, could be a final four contender again this year. So uh, it's great, great backcourt to Quavion Smith, Jarkel Joyner and, uh, and Casey Morsell just continuing to show huge strides from, from what he showed last year. I think you, you know, the great expression you use, they look like they belong on the court. I mean, Kansas probably looked a little bit better. They can't, they controlled most of that game. They couldn't pull away from NC state. And then, Four times NC State tied the game in the second half, but they couldn't get over the hump. They couldn't get that one stop or make that one shot. I know uh, they were down two when Casey Morsell tried a corner three that could have put them in front. I think I want to say five or six minutes left in the game. Um, learned a lesson about closing out, how to got to finish. And, you know, you missed some free throws, missed some shots right around the rim after the under four timeout. And that really helped Kansas. When the game, you know what I took away is I listened to Bill Self in his post game. Uh, they went before NC State, so we had to wait for them to finish before we got to NC State. And yeah, I like listening to Bill Self. I mean, say what you want to say about him as a coach and a recruiter, and whether or not you think he's above the fray, or you know that was his first game this season because he was suspended for, I think, recruiting violations. I'm not sure. I don't remember exactly why. Um. But he's a good listen to. And you know, I, some of the things, right? Look, we were lucky. You know, I said the difference in the first half is they were lucky three in with a shot clock, three pointers went in. And, and then somebody, you know, somebody said, well, is that something that kind of take pride on the ability to score at the end of the shot clock? And said, no, that's just luck. We're just lucky. Yeah. And he said, you don't practice that. That's just pure luck. And, um, and then he said, you know, at one point he said, we're talking about Kevin Keith. He goes, Kevin has a good basketball team. He said, I don't, I don't know exactly about where they all came from. But he, said, he said, that point guard is a legitimate lead guard anywhere in the country. And that shooting guard is a legitimate scoring guard anywhere in the country. And he said, he told his team that will be the quickest backcourt they play this year. He said, they will be the quickest backcourt they play this year. So, Kansas was uniquely qualified to defend that because they had two exceptional defensive guards with length. Um, and I think that bothered NC State a little bit. But the key is it, it was a great effort. It wasn't clean. Some tough shots were taken. That's just the way NC State is, is going to be. They're going to take some tough shots. will frustrate you at times. And they're going to get up some easy baskets because they like to press and, and get out on the ball. But the effort is there. And it's an older team with some talent. If they can just keep that up, that effort up, they're going to win a lot more games than they lose. But the key is they have to keep it up. And then the key is it's just a limited 
window to win these kind of games this year because the way the schedule's set up and because of the way the ACC has looked early on. Um, so, you know, if you're looking into this podcast before the Dayton game, that's an important game. Dayton's been a little bit, you know, they were preseason ranked. Hadn't quite played like a top 25 team yet. It was an ugly game against Wisconsin. I think it was 44 to 43 or something ugly like that. Oh, yeah. Terrible yeah. game. Yeah. So, you know, look, if you're NC State, you really, really want to win these next two games, starting with Dayton, and then you're probably getting, I think, uh, Southern Cal, BYU, Tennessee, and Butler on the other side. You got Foreman at home. That's a quality opponent. You got Vanderbilt on a neutral court. Yeah. A matchup with Butler could be interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I'd like to avoid it because I hate that talking. You know, people talking about it, and you know, you know, what Manny Bates who we're referring to for NC State Center now at Butler. But you know, if you can win those two and then win Vanderbilt, Furman, now you got four top one hundred non-conference wins going into ACC play, and that'll help. But you really need, I mean. Yeah, you got to win at least three of those four and preferably all four. So it's important because you've shown, as you said, you've shown the Kansas games, you have you have something to work with here if you can keep it up and continue to sustain it. Stay healthy. That's important. Um, it looks like there's something to work with there. There's talent. There wasn't, there wasn't enough talent last year. You had two talented pieces. You had two NBA prospects on last year's team. But beyond that, there was not enough talent. And uh, you, you bring in a, a fresh load of transfers. You bring in an experienced guard and Jarkel Joyner. You look at Casey Morsell, a guy that looks like he's taken some significant strides in the offseason. The shot's going down for him now, looking more like the four-star prospect that he was coming out of high school when he initially went to Virginia, as opposed to what we've seen the past two seasons from him at, you know, with Virginia in the first year and then uh, NC State last season. Um this team's bigger, more athletic. Uh, they're a lot more locked in on defense. There's multiple opportunities where Kansas was trying to throw up some lobs around the rim. Last year's team would have just gotten smacked by this Kansas team. Last yeah. year's team, this Kansas would have easily scored 100 points on this on on last year's team. So uh, NC State okay. bothered Kansas when they were trying to run those sets. By the way, I mean Kansas had to make some tough shots, and if they didn't shoot the ball well from three. NC State would have won this game. And they were done kind of – look, Grady Dick is a great three-point shooter. He's a great player, not just three-point shooter. He's a great player. I, would, I think any team in the country would love to have him on their team, six-foot-eight shooting like that. Um, but Kansas is not known as a good three-point shooting team, and they have some guys make some three-pointers that typically do not make threes in this game. Um, they came in shooting below 33% on threes as a team this year in four games, everybody not named Grady Dick had combined for 10 three pointers total. And at one point they were eight for 11 shooting threes in the first half and Grady Dick had five of those, but the other guys had stepped up and made three already in the first half. So it was an uncharacteristic shooting performance. And I know some people say, well, they shouldn't be giving up their threes. I thought some of them were just tough shots. Yeah, a couple open, but a, cu- a couple that were contested uh, yeah. and late in the shot clock. Like three, shot, th- three seconds on the shot clock, he inbounded it, turned and shot like a 35-footer, and it went in. I mean, you know, 
yeah. what do you do? So you wanted him to shoot that shot. Yeah. And, and, and there was a little, I mean, there, there was a couple, I mean, I'm not going to, the game was not decided by the referees, but Kansas certainly had the advantage at the free throw line. Uh, I thought NC State was a little bit more aggressive going to the rim. I mean, Winter Quavion Smith committed on going to the rim. Look how easily he got to the free throw line. He's a pretty good free throw shooter too. Um, so I, I think he. Okay, there was a couple quick. stretches he'd like to have back too. Uh, I would say real quick, you know, that technical foul on Kevin Keith was probably ill-timed. Um, I think that's probably one Kevin would wish he had back because um, that was a two-point game. They get a layup to make it a four-point game. You get the ball, and then you just give them two. I mean, with Grady Dick going to the free throw line, you just gave them two points. And yeah. um, in a four-point game, you, you, that's one where you you really can't risk getting a technical foul. So, you know, you have to be fair. I don't. We didn't get a replay. I thought there was some pretty poor work by ESPN, quite frankly, on the yeah. cameras and the replays and the lack thereof. And they may have just not had. It's a small ballroom, so they may not just had angles but would have loved to see if that kind of guy was out of bounds when he saved that ball inbounds but that's one where you can't and it may have been a super quick whistle on the official it, it seemed like it to give him that technical foul but that was kind of a costly technical foul at that point in the game uh kevin seemed fired up he seemed he seems yeah. like he's he's coaching maybe with a little bit of chip on his shoulder so uh excited to see uh more from this team i think i think we'll have a more enjoyable viewing experience at the very <laughs> least this year. I can assure you that. So anyways, that's going to wrap up this podcast. We'll have more over the weekend. There's going to be more Wolfpack basketball. Of course, we've got NC state UNC football on Friday. We'll have a post game reflections podcast for you. And then, uh, and then we'll figure out where, where NC state's going to go bowling. Cause this team is going to go bowling. So, uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, we got a couple more games left for the Wolfpack football to close out the, 2022 season uh some reminders before you tune out subscribe rate and review wherever you're listening to this podcast apple spotify google play you can also watch us on youtube subscribe to our youtube channel give this video a thumbs up drop a comment while you're at it you can follow us on social media at the wolf packers the main account on twitter you can also give me a follow at justin h will on twitter uh nc state Wolfpack on the wolfpacker.com give us a like on facebook uh, head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Rogueshop.com for your premium cannabis, CBD, and Delta 8 needs. They've got uh, cannabis itself. They've got oils. They've got cartridges. They've got tinctures. They've got edibles, lotions, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, natural products to help you with some of your stress and anxiety, sleep depri- deprivation, uh, you know, chronic pain, inflammation, all stuff that uh, CBD and Delta 8 can help you out with. Founded by a husband and wife. The husband is a disabled veteran that you know, dealt with some of these problems and was turned on to these natural products that helped his life for the better so much so that he wanted to share it with the good people uh, that listen to this podcast. So proud sponsors of the Wolfpacker podcast. Uh, you can support us by supporting them. So head over to rogueshop.com. That's R-O-G-U-E shop.com. Um, got holidays coming up. So make great gifts. And another great gift, head over to the wolfpacker.com. Take advantage of a special deal for just 10 bucks. You can get premium subscription to the wolfpacker.com as part of the On3 network for just $10. 
takes you through the beginning of next college football season. That's August, 2023, the end of it. So, you know, you're not, you're, you got all the way through August 31st, 2023. That's going to take you to the beginning of next college football season. So if you have a Wolfpack fan in your life that uh, you're looking for a stocking stuffer or a good holiday gift to, uh, to give, this is a great, this is a great one. Um, get them a subscription to the wolfpacker.com. So head over there, take advantage of the deal. 10 bucks takes you through the beginning of next college football season. That's going to do it for this podcast. We will be back soon. For Matt Carter, I'm Justin Williams, and this has been the Wolfpacker Podcast.